Next on BYU Sports Nation, a total eclipse of your BYU football hearts. Get your blue eclipse goggles ready. We go two-on-one with fall camp MVP Matt Bushman and discuss Taysom Hill's classic run and stiff arm for the Packers Saturday night. Yeah, some more on that from Marcus Eversall, Green Bay radio personality. What's Taysom Hill's case for the Packers after Saturday's breakout? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. It's game week. Oh, yeah. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, back and better than ever, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, August 21st. It is Eclipse Day. We will be off the air, take you right up to the moment. So you can go out and not burn your eyes looking at the sun. We'll be off the air 36 minutes before the peak moment of totality. Well, some people are in zones of totality, right? We are not. We get like 89% of it or something. Oh, we're so unfortunate. I am staying off of I-15 today, though. I'll tell you. (laughs) I don't want anything. It's hard enough with Education Week traffic, let alone eclipsers, eclipticals. Get on your ecliptical and exercise. You know, yeah, there's all kind of puns that we'll probably try. Ecliptical. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard that one until now. Well, yes. well that's what I bring to the table. <laughs> Thanks you haven't heard And before. that is Jerem Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. I am Spencer Linton, your Studio B team. Glad to be with you once again. And by the way, you are now officially a two-year Big Blue Bashee attendee. Mostly yeah, bashy thanks to Reno Mahi. Yeah, though. I did some bashing and got bashed. So we hosted the Big Blue Bash. Gregor Bell, Blaine Fowler with us there as well. It was a great, great experience. Uh, Tons of fans showed up at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy. It was really fun. Kalani Satake, Reno Mahe, Karoma, Warner, Trinaman, and Pau were there as well. Great time. It was really fun. We were we were there last year. We were again this year. That was Saturday night. Great time by everybody. Thanks to Jack Feldman and Mick Shannon and Roger Cook and everyone involved in that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was like mega name drop. I just dropped like 12 names in like one minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving myself a yellow card on that one. <laughs> Too much name dropping. We have a new AP Top 25 out to discuss as well. Yes, we, will we get do. To the details yes, of that do. in just a moment. BYU 50 in the great state of Vermont. What's the eclipse totality for the state of Vermont, I wonder? It's I pretty far north. I don't know. The end? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, Wisconsin. So AP Top 25 is out. The writers, yes. Number nine, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a top 10 team. They're going to be a top 10 team when they play BYU. LSU 13. Any other BYU opponents on there? No. Okay. Utah made the coaches top 25. They're nowhere to be seen. Wait, the, wait, the, co- the coaches poll, Jerem? Sorry, the SID poll. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You've corrected me on that like 17 times. So yeah. The SID poll. BYU has a top 10 opponent likely coming to Provo. In week number three. Oh, very exciting. Oh, I love it. Week three, game four. And a perfect way to open up our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Game week for BYU football, zero week. The Cougars practice this morning and will hold a live press conference via the BYU football Facebook page at 1.45 Eastern Time, 11.45 Mountain Time. That is an adjusted time, by the way. Or the eclipse, I'm thinking. Yeah, it has to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. As mentioned, Wisconsin number 9, LSU number 13 in the AP poll. So BYU's got – we told you they have two 
top 15 teams in the first couple of weeks here. Woo! Now validated by both polls. Absolutely. So th- this is an exciting setup for BYU with Portland State Saturday, followed by LSU in Houston at Energy Stadium, home of the Deshaun Watson Houston Texans. And then you have Utah at home, Wisconsin at home. Wow, what a stretch for BYU in the first four. Looking forward to it. Cougars in the NFL. Maybe you saw this a time or 7,000. Taysom Hill scored a 23-yard rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter to seal the Packers' 21-17 preseason victory over the Redskins. He's now won two games late in the fourth quarter, but winning. Yeah, I mean, winning is winning, right? Yeah, exhibition wins. Let's not like, yeah, yeah. His but performance when, more important than winning or losing. When you're competing that, for jobs together. in the clutch, hey, I'll take it. Taysom Hill, 6 for 11, 49 yards passing as well. Had the six carries, 38 yards rushing, and, of course, the touchdown. What does it mean for him? We will talk to Marcus Eversall from 107.5, the fan in Green Bay, and find out Hill's status with the head coach and his chances of now making the team because of what, he, what he's done. Other guys that played, Jamal Williams, seven carries for 12 yards. Harvey Longy had four tackles. That was tied for a team high. Uh, Kyle Vinoy had a tackle for the Patriots as well. Michael Davis had a tackle for the Chargers. Number eight, BYU women's soccer lost to Penn State in one poll, the number one team in the country, not ranked in the other. Three to one in that season opener. Freshman Cameron Tucker equalized for BYU. Then the Cougars gave up two more goals. They will try and bounce back against another Big Ten team tonight. Not as good as Penn State. The Ohio State, 730 Eastern, live on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. And Keaton Kringlin and the St. Cloud Rocks defeated the Battle Creek Bombers Saturday. Kringlin went 1-4 in the victory with the win. The St. Cloud Rocks win the Northwoods League Championship. Remember, Daniel Schneeman and Kenny uh, Sands are also on that team. Very nice. Nicely done. Winning championships representing BYU baseball. And plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A total eclipse of your BYU football hearts. Oh, and we have one in Studio B here? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are we in totality? Uh, it's 90. Wow. That, oh, I think, there we go. That I think was a lot we had, faster. We had totality for a second. Nicely done by our lighting crew. Yeah, the radio listeners are like, what just To happened? set the ambiance <laughs> of what the eclipse really means to us here in Studio B. Also, I dared not look up at that without my eclipse goggles, which... Someone made for us this morning. Okay, now, Jerem, <laughs> donning the blue goggles. Did the I wear these? Did I look goggles. up in the eclipse, or do you think I'm going to be blind after this? I, I would not. Those are not NASA certified, Jerem. So, so if something happens to my eyesight today, <laughs> am I just on BYU radio only from now on? I, we'll find out that, if you wear those eclipse sunglasses. you got to be careful, man. And try and do that. I highly recommend you not do that. So you don't recommend? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yes. In the spirit of the eclipse. I would not do it. In the spirit of the eclipse today, we now present our Twitter question. In what areas will the 2017 BYU football team eclipse the 2016 season? See what we did there? Mm -hmm. We used the word eclipse. Mm -hmm. Okay, use the hashtag BYUSN. At Jake R. Camp or Jake R. Camp. Passing yards, um, passing yards, and oh yeah, more passing yards. Hashtag Mangum Magic. Hard to argue with that because BYU statistically had one of their worst passing seasons. Oh, they stunk at throwing the ball in the last three decades last year. But they had two of the top five rushers in program history. So it's so easy they, to say that yeah. that number will be eclipsed 
We gave you our specific numbers last Friday during our season projection special, which we will be held accountable for. But just how much will that number be eclipsed? Because it wasn't I love a good rhetorical question. It wasn't it wasn't good. No, I'm asking you. How much do you think it will be eclipsed by? I don't even know what the number was last year, so I don't think I can answer that. A lot, right? Yeah. Okay, would sure, you yeah. would you call it a total eclipse? I would say there's going to be some totality in the eclipsing of the in the passing game, sure, yeah. That's one of a few things I think BYU will have some totality eclipse in. Okay, okay. That's one thing. Record could be that. BYU plays one extra game in the regular season plus a bowl game. I, I'm thinking if BYU ends Wait, up Wait, you with, said record could be or record will be? Could be. I don't know. Uh, they could get 10 wins with the bowl. We'll see. That'd be more than the nine last year with the win, right? They could even eclipse the regular season record. They could have nine instead of eight. Also, I think beating Utah is oh. a huge eclipse. For this program. We buried the lead, right? By the way, Utah named their starting quarterback a short time ago. It's Tyler Huntley. Not Troy Williams. It's not Troy Williams. Okay, that was a little bit of a shock. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Who knows? what? Ha- well, Utah only plays North Dakota, and then they play, I think, BYU, right? Is it just the game after? Yeah, yes. Them? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, Tyler Huntley is going to be your guy, barring injury. There you go. Okay, so, yeah, I think beating Utah. I'll tell you what, BYU won't eclipse from last year. How about that? Okay, does it factor into the Jamal Williams Rushing yards and touchdowns, yeah. (laughs) And And Taysom Hill. (laughs) Also, takeaways. I think BYU was amazing at takeaways. I think you'd be hard-pressed to get to that number again, which is our stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU had 31 takeaways. That was second nationally last year with Utah. They were tied with Utah. Six against Utah, five against Boise State. Both losses. Both one-point loss, two both one point, one point losses. That that was amazing. I, the BYU turnovers to some degree are lucky, like for interceptions. No question. There's some luck associated in that kind of. I mean, you got to put yourself in a position to make a play, but the ball had to come to you. Like if the ball doesn't come to you, you can't pick it off. You know, and Kainuku is gone. Okay, twelve interceptions the last two years. I think just because he's gone, that number is lower. Okay, so I think there's certain things BYU will eclipse. But others will be hard to eclipse. Now, what's interesting about that is the two games where BYU really stood out that you brought up, they didn't win those games. They so, had to do that to stay in those games. So will it matter if BYU doesn't eclipse that mark? The defense can still be really good with the Havoc rate. Thank you, Greg Rebell. And win some games and not eclipse that number. I mean, that was... That was a really was high gnarly. number for months. BYU. 31 was amazing. There's, there's a reason BYU was 12 points from undefeated. It's because they, because, turned, they got because a lot of, that? of takeaways. Because of that. Okay, BYU, in my opinion, you said could eclipse. I think they will eclipse the record. I'm going total all-in blue goggle eclipse fashion, if you will. I think that they will win 10 games and eclipse last year's record. You brought up passing stats. I want to... I want to Focus in on passing touchdowns. Like BYU, passing touchdowns last year were at a premium for BYU. Was it 15? Yeah. 15. Air Force was like, that's a low number. (laughs) Or Army. New Mexico was like, 15, really? 15 touchdowns? rushing the ball, BYU was so good. So I think that that number will probably double this year. Just because of the change. Yeah. I called for 30. I called for 30 for Tanner. When you double that. Like a total eclipse of the heart, right? Nice. Total eclipse of the touchdown. Shout out to Bonnie Tyler. I think that... Hi, Bonnie. 
you should watch for passing touchdowns specifically and record. Those are my two huge eclipse marks this year for BYU football. Record's the one that matters the most by far. And beating Utah factors into that. BYU to win 10 games, I feel like they have to beat Utah. Want to get crazy for a second? You want to get crazy, We've gone too far. We know too much. If BYU beats Utah occasionally, guess what? There's one more win, and BYU has a 10-win season one of the past couple of years. Instead, that wasn't a win, and so you're not getting to 10. BYU could get to 10 if they beat Utah. I don't see a situation where BYU doesn't beat Utah and still gets to 10. I think it's, it'd be hard. That's one of the more winnable Power 5 games. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying compared to Wisconsin, LSU at Mississippi State, well, Utah and Boise State are more winnable than those three. I like BYU's chances in game number one, Jerem. Countdown to the Viking. Five days away. Five. It doesn't seem real. It's this week. It's this week. It's game week. Yes. Game week. <laughs> Loud noises. You're, you go from zero to 150 in decibels. So quickly. Well, it's game week, so I'm very <laughs> By the way, uh, our friends at, at Cougar Stats, BYU with the 38th most votes in the new AP football poll. You know how I feel about this, so just be careful. 38 votes? BYU is th- yeah, th- the way Cougar Stats phrased it is fine. The 38th most votes. So BYU is not 38th. Okay. But they are 13 out. Yeah. That would get you a yellow card, like maybe even red, depending on how fired up I am. But they're I'm more excited than angry today. They're 38th in the top 25 poll. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Hey, BYU's 38th in the top 25 poll. That's, yeah. Will BYU eclipse the top 25 poll this year? Does that even make sense? I don't know. Will BYU be ranked in the top 25? Woo! Maybe that's the discussion. At the end of the season? Maybe that's if the... If gets to 10 wins, they're going to be... Maybe in. we need to go there later today or later this week. Will BYU... Yeah, will later. BYU you at any point this season be ranked I'm putting in it the down. AP Top 25? I'm putting it down. That, need, it that down. just requires an entire trending topic. Potential trending topic. Absolutely. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter today. With the Eclipse in mind, use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. In what areas will 2017 BYU football eclipse the 2016 season to the Twitter machine? You've got tweets. At Kiwi Jackman, I think the quality of opponents is the most obvious. 2016 was a letdown for how many of the teams BYU faced finished. 2017, not so much. Well, hold your horses. 2017 has to happen for us to determine that. Yeah. What if Wisconsin? What if they Mississippi never stink? State stinks? Yeah, they or were Boise six, State. They kind of did last year. Mississippi State was six and seven. Yeah, they weren't even above five hundred. We'll see. Coming up, Green Bay Packers insider Marcus Eversall from one hundred seven five The Fan. But first, star BYU tight end Matt Bushman weighs in on his fall camp MVP performance. Bush. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. It's an Eclipse Monday. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation as we approach the 20,000 followers. Mark, thank you to all of you for that. Hashtag BYUSN. Tuesdays have been normal in the history of mankind until tomorrow. Because tomorrow is the very first. 
Super Tuesday on BYU. Oh. At 6 Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation will re-air. We eclipse to bring in yes. Super Tuesday. 7 Eastern. The heavens have brought us to Super Tuesday. 7 Eastern after further review. BYU football with Kalani Satake. 8 Eastern time. I would say that Tuesdays eclipse the rest of the week. Wow. And that wasn't planted in my head by our Not at all. At all. I came up with that. <laughs> my own free will and choice. In what areas will 2017 BYU football eclipse the 2016 season? At Greg Rosenan tweets in, Experience. Better knowledge of the schemes on both sides of the ball will allow for more instinctive gameplay. I like it. I think there's going to be a jump from year one to year two. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention something. If you're local and you would like to be in the studio audience, in Studio C, for the hashtag Satake show, right after our program at 1 Eastern time, you can sign up and get up to four seats. Okay, So go to BYUcougars.com slash Satake show, BYUcougars.com slash Satake show, and you can sign up. It goes quick. Like, you're going to have to be on it. You're going to have to be on it. People have no idea how hard the producer, y'all, Jerem Jordan, has worked. There's a lot. Listen, there's a lot of people that work hard. I'm just one of the pieces. You're the producer, man. I'm going to give you but some credit. But I have a boss, and he has to work hard, too. I know. Everybody's things. working hard. Like, yeah. this, this has been a long time coming to put on this high quality of production for BYU Football with Kalani Stock. It takes about 40 people to do a, a TV show well. So shout out to all those people, and there's even more people involved, to make this happen. So very exciting. Super Tuesday. Tomorrow, let's party. Hang out with us. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. It also takes a village to bring you BYU football training camp coverage each and every day. It has been our pleasure to bring to you interviews with the players and coaches, and that will continue today. Two-on-one with our fall camp MVP. This is the second time we have spoken with him in like manner, Matt Bushman. And I tell you what, he was blown away when he found out that he was the fall camp MVP. Matt, congratulations, our fall camp MVP. MVP, congratulations. Spring, spring and fall. Of 2017. Even though it's in the summer, you're the fall camp oh. MVP. What does this mean to you? Um, I don't know. I'm just really grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> you started you the interview last time the same way. You guys just let me know. Um, no, it's awesome. I feel like I've had been blessed having a lot of reps this fall and just feeling a lot more comfortable being able to have that chemistry with the quarterbacks. Um, we have a lot to work on, but I think it's awesome to be able to just get the reps and try to capitalize on every every play. We talked to you a couple of weeks ago, like week two of fall camp. Here we are at the very end. What did you learn? How do you think you did? Um, I think I learned a lot of just finding the finding spots, not necessarily rushing into routes, but just finding the soft spots, finding where I need to be um, instead of running into a safety or linebacker. And my how I feel, how I felt this fall camp, um, I just feel a lot more comfortable, feel a lot more confident running up the middle. Um, not so scared to take a hit in the middle, more just ready to ready to go out there and play. I'm sure you've imagined what your first collegiate football game would be like on more than a few occasions. That's going to happen in essentially a week on this field. What does that scene look like and how does it play out in your mind? Um, well, I've never played in front of that many fans, so I'm getting ready for the noise. That's going to be something different. The adrenaline's going to be something that's going to be a lot higher than I think it's ever been. But I'm just really excited. Um, I'm trying to prepare mentally, just trying to visualize things, what's going to happen. Um, 
And yeah, I'm just really excited to go out there and actually play against someone else and play a first college football game. What did you expect you would do in fall camp versus what you did? Um, I was just expecting, I just, I hate dropping the football. Or I think every receiver inside end does. I just really wanted to go out there and catch the ball. Have ball security, secure. Um, have that chemistry with the quarterbacks, gain better chemistry. Because in the spring, I was just kind of had to make my way up, get to know everyone. And now, it was just getting that better chemistry to prepare for the season. And I feel like we've done better at that, and uh, I feel great. How do you feel Tanner Mangum has grown as the leader of this offense from spring until now? Um, I think he has really great composure on the football field. He, uh, he's just... He's not necessarily like a super loud, um, pump you up guy. He can do it sometimes, but um, he's just, he just looks like that typical quarterback that's really composed, confident, um, just wants to win, has a desire to win at all times, and expects that from all of us. He expects greatness, and we're just trying to, trying to help him out, trying to win every game. In what ways are you being used in terms of, you know, distance down the field? Are you stretching the field? Are you you know, getting these third and six type stuff, or is it all of the above? Um, I think it's all of the above with all the tight ends. Moreau and I, um, Tanner Balder is back at it. He's trying to get healthy. Um, yeah, I think just with the different types of tight ends that we have, we're more, we have beefier guys and go up and, I don't know, run shorter routes, get those stick routes and those outs, but also spread the field and uh, make it difficult for the defenses. Just make it difficult for the safeties and linebackers so they can't, uh, prepare for just a run play or just a pass play. I think I think that's what the great thing about the tight ends is this year. What's the hardest thing about competing against the current BYU defense? Like when the, the ones are against the ones, what's the biggest challenge that the defense presents to you? The biggest challenge, I mean, Butch and Fred are just great athletes. We have great, they're some of the hardest hitters, the strongest guys on the team. And sometimes I feel like, dang, like how am I going to go up against these guys? But, <laughs> um, I work out right next to them. They put up a ton of weight. It's really impressive, and it's just the same thing in the games. It's, I just, I like those reps, but it's tough because they're so strong. They know they have a feel for the game. They have that experience. So though, I love going up against them. But yeah, there's definitely definite challenges. It's their strength and their, their, and they're just really smart. They have that field smart, smartness. The smartness is exceedingly great for those guys, that's for sure. Uh, walk me through kind of the checklist of what you're thinking and doing as you're running a route trying to get open. Okay, so the first thing is you have to release off the defensive end. So you have to have the correct release. Then you're looking to see where the safety or the linebacker is. You have to find either you have to wrap around them or do a little juke juke move to get out of their way and just once that happens just try to find that open space if you're in open space the quarterback's gonna throw it to you so that's just what we try to do and don't drop that ball i hate dropping the ball i hate it more than anything. <laughs> that's the that's the thing you that's hate great. the most in life is yeah. dropping the ball i think so i think so um my mom's really competitive so when <laughs> she hates it when i drop the ball so and Sometimes when I drop the ball, the first thing that I think is, dang, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> Instead of the coaches are going to kill me, I think, oh my gosh, my mom's going to tear me Now ball. I understand. Yeah. Now I understand. So, so is she more competitive you know, than your dad or crazy uncles or whatever you know, in the family? I think my mom's the most competitive. She's the loud one at the games and everything. My dad, he's more relaxed, but he's still a competitive guy. Who are you more like in your personality? I think my personality is more like my dad's but still am competitive, but in a, di in a different way. 
Portland State is game number one. Looming there shortly after is LSU. How much of a challenge is it to focus on just Portland State when everybody, including us, keeps bringing up LSU and Wisconsin and Utah? Right. Uh, yeah, everyone's really excited for those games, but we cannot look past the first game. Um, I think Portland State, they're going to be, I mean, it's my first game, so I don't really know how college football, how what it's going to be like. We, I've seen it with our defense, but um, I'm just really prepared to go out there and get ready for Portland State. Um, I want our I want to do the best. I want to do the best we can to get a, get that first win and just get us rolling on to the season. And yeah, I'm excited for those games later on, but I, I really just want to get that first win, get that checked off the list. It's a good answer. That's why you're the fall camp MVP. MVP. Man. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> P.S. Get your Matt Bushman headband somewhere at the BYU store. <laughs> <laughs> or cut my hair. <laughs> we won't tell anyone. We don't have any cameras here. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Two-on-one with Matt Bushman, our fall camp MVP, freshman tight end. He is five days away from playing in an actual college football game for the first time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Would you rock the headband? I think you could pull it off, man. If What's the situation? Like right now? Pick up basketball. Headband guy. Nah. I don't, You're not headband guy? My hair's not long enough. No. You have, to, you have to have long hair to do the headband? LeBron James disagrees. True. Terry Nash rocked the headband. <laughs> yes, he did. And he did not have long hair. Yeah. No one really rocks the headband now. I don't know if that's like a team thing. Because some teams, like the Jazz traditionally, have said, hey, we're not big into headbands. You know, like let's – certain teams or whatever, right? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on the Jazz, but no one's really rocked the headband for a while. Matt Bushman's bringing it back for football. Well, football's different. They're wearing the skull that's caps. And that's true. It, like, is, Austin, it is different. Yeah. Austin Collie would wear, like, the skull cap underneath, too. Fashion joking aside, he just seems like a gamer. Mentality, approach, what we're actually seeing from him on the field. That's why confidence remains so high in him consistently is because he's been doing it all camp. Let's be honest. We will hype guys up. It's because they're playing well in practice. Like, they are head and shoulders above their peers. Like, Yoli Childs is looking like a man among childs in practice, so we pump him up. Matt Bushman is balling out in practice, so we're like, listen, this guy can play. We're telling you he can play. We told you Christian Stewart could play before he was the backup, then he got in it through 25 touchdowns. Mitch passes. Matthews like was our games. fall camp MVP, had a great season. He in could play. I wouldn't call him elite, but he oh, could play. Goodness, But Christian Stewart, yes, fall camp MVP. Tanner Mangum in 2015, fall camp MVP. Yes. Jamal yeah. Williams, fall camp MVP in 2016. Like, we, we miss on some guys, but there's a lot of guys that we see. And Matt Bushman hasn't played it down for BYU yet. But we're like, football. dude, this guy, this guy can ball out, man. He can be a game changer. In what areas will 2017 BYU football eclipse the 2016 season at R. Greenhaw with this tweet? Wins. Simple as that. They got to get to 10. BYU 9-4 last eclipse. year. That's the one that matters. Will 10 get BYU ranked? For the first time in the AP Top 25 in six years at the, at the end of the season. Ooh. At Later Twi- this week. At Twiggy or Stone, they will beat Utah, going along with what you brought up. I also think that the defense will have better stats. Whoa, not what you think, especially in turnover margin. Like, it's going to be tough well, to beat that. The defense could have better pass defense stats. That's true. Yeah. That's a- true. As good as they were last year, they can improve some of those numbers. At Sir Punserot, isn't it obvious that Mo Lange will eclipse last year by himself? How did it take 29 minutes to get a Mo Lange tweet in? That took way too long. <laughs> Coming up, Marcus Eversall from the Fan in Green Bay joins the show. 
What are Taysom's chances of making the Packers now? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. It is Eclipse Monday. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And BYU football with Kalani Sitake will be on tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time, the debut on BYU TV. It's been on BYU Radio, KSL for a while. We're excited to have that on BYU TV as well. You can check it out on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time. Fred Warner will be the player guest. Seat request opens at 1 p.m. Eastern on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Again, BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Live audience, Jerem Jordan, let me be politically correct here, is one of several amazing people working very hard to bring you the debut of the show on BYU TV. Not to mention this program. After further review, games. There's a soccer game tonight. There's a whole crew working on that, too. Everyone's in, man. Let's go. Today's headlines featuring game week for BYU football. The Cougars practice this morning and will hold a live press conference on the BYU football Facebook page at 1.45 Eastern Time, 11.45 Mountain Time, just after the total totality yeah. of the eclipse. Cougars in the NFL, Taysom Hill had a heck of a game. Six for 11, 49 yards, passing six for 38 yards, rushing uh, 23-yard touchdown run. The highlight there, stiff arm into the end zone, heck of a run, kind of a classic Taysom Hill thing. Yeah, and two of those rushes were kneel downs. So four for 38, not bad. Jamal Williams, seven carries, 12 yards, so not his greatest game, but no one really, everyone's still talking positive. Harvey Longy led the Patriots with four tackles. Kyle Noy had a tackle as well for the Patriots. Michael Davis had a tackle for the Chargers as well. Number eight, BYU women's soccer lost to Penn State 3-1 to in their season opener. Freshman Cameron Tucker with the lone goal for the Cougars. They don't have much time to dwell on that loss, and they get back t- to work against a Big Ten team tonight, Ohio State, 7.30 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. King Kringlin and the St. Cloud Rocks defeated the Battle Creek Bombers Saturday for the Northwoods League Championship. Kringlin, Daniel Schneeman, and Kenny Sands are also on that team from BYU, so congrats to those guys. A little summer ball action. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Marcus Eversall from 107.5 The Fan in Green Bay. Second time he's been with us during this preseason, and now we have some more stuff to talk about, notably what Taysom Hill did for the Green Bay Packers in D.C. on Saturday night. Marcus, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. What was the reaction from Taysom Hill's teammates after he, again, won the game late in the fourth quarter. I mean, the sideline went absolutely nuts. And it's crazy in the preseason because so much of it for the top of the roster is just waiting for it to be over. You know, you want to get out of the preseason healthy. and It's just kind of waiting for the clock to hit zero. But when Taysom Hill broke off that run, I mean, the sideline just erupted. And everybody from Aaron Rodgers on down was anybody who was on the sideline ended up on the field. I mean, they were going absolutely crazy. And that was really the first real glimpse we've got at really how good of an athlete Taysom Hill is. We've known, having watched him here at BYU, but it was exciting to see him break out that run. What does that kind of athleticism do for him in his battle to try and make the roster? You know, it's interesting because – Obviously, the Packers here in Green Bay, we've been pretty lucky with quarterbacks from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. But as a result of that, you know, with no question marks with your starting quarterback, 
the backup quarterback has become seemingly an interesting conversation every single year. A couple of years ago, Brett Hundley stood out his rookie year, didn't play a whole lot because of an injury last preseason. But then this little-known quarterback, undrafted guy Joe Callahan, was basically everyone's darling in the preseason. People falling in love with him, and he made the 53-man roster. Now this year, Callahan's still around. Brett Hundley looks great as the second stringer. But Taysom Hill has definitely stolen the spotlight from Joe Callahan. So any hardcore Packer fan that splurged on a Callahan jersey last year is probably trying to exchange that for Taysom Hill right now. Because if you go by the first couple preseason games, I mean, he is, I would say, the leader in the clubhouse to be the number three quarterback. Now, will that be on the active 53-man roster or the practice squad? I don't know. But I think being an athlete, like you mentioned, bringing a different dimension to the table, what you can do with your legs and what we saw from Taysom Hill on Saturday night, if you had to go to a backup quarterback, I think that's a really valuable asset to have. And it, I mean, we talk about his legs and that 23-yard touchdown run, but it's not like the guy can't throw the ball either. I mean, the touchdown run won the game, and that's getting all the headlines. But the first preseason game against the Eagles, he had a perfect pass rating. So he threw one incomplete pass and a touchdown. So far, so good for Taysom Hill, and it's a pretty darn good situation for him to learn here in Green Bay. Marcus Eversall, 107.5 The Fan and Green Bay Packers Insider with us on BYU Sports Nation. When we talk about Taysom Hill's athleticism, and I said this last week on our show, at some point if he can truly show what that is all about, it will give him a distinct advantage against a guy like Callan who has a year of experience in the Packers offense. Just how much is Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff paying attention to the legs of Taysom Hill right now? I think they're definitely paying attention to it. And even after the game, Aaron Rodgers and his post-game availability, he was talking about how leading up to the game last week, he brought up a highlight of Taysom Hill, like basically hurtling the guy against Texas. And, you know, I grew up in the Madison area, so obviously was a Badger fan, but TJ Ford and Vince Young, a couple of guys made me kind of fall in love with Texas Longhorns. So I've always tracked the Longhorns. And I remember back when Taysom Hill just, tore them apart, and BYU fared well against Texas. They controlled that game because of Taysom Hill. So he's been kind of on my radar, but yeah, the Packers, the teammates, you know, the coaching staff, they're definitely aware of what an athlete he is. And just to throw this out there, too, I think Brady Papinga brought this to my attention, and we have Brady on every Thursday on our show. Obviously, BYU guy turned Packers, so he's got an interesting perspective on this. But he made me go look up the numbers athletically between Taysom Hill and Christian McCaffrey. And so I posted those, tweeted those out again this week. And basically, Taysom Hill, obviously a bigger guy than McCaffrey, but slightly faster 40, better in the broad jump, better vertical jump. I mean, he's a great athlete. And I asked Brady, like, I mean, every time I tweet anything about either Taysom Hill or Jamal Williams, I don't know what it is with you BYU fans, but it spreads (laughs) like wildfire. It's like one person retweets it, and then I'm getting notifications on that tweet three days later. So it's crazy. But Brady insists that Packer fans are more passionate than BYU fans. Either way, there's not really a loser in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. The the history of success goes back deeper with the Packers and Bart Starr in the 60s than when BYU kind of emerged in the 70s. So maybe maybe the Packers got a head start there. But passionate fan bases for sure. A lot of people mm-hmm. excited about Jamal Williams as well. Didn't have great numbers, per se, in, in the game uh, the other night. Seven carries, 12 yards. But what are you seeing from Jamal Williams, who is getting some run with the ones, it looks like? 
Yeah, and I think last time I was on with you guys, we talked about this. You know, what could he do as a rookie? And I said, I think it's realistic that at some point this season, he's the starting running back for the Packers. Now, Ty Montgomery was good last year. He averaged 5.9 yards a carry in about half a season as he transitioned from receiver to running back. But that tells the whole story right there. As Ty Montgomery transitioned from receiver to running back, I mean, he's a converted player, and he's seen as the, air quotes, veteran on the roster. He's not really the veteran. I mean, for to have three rookies there with Jamal Williams and the other two draft picks that they had, that's a huge opportunity. I cannot imagine a better situation to step into if you're one of those rookie running backs. And I haven't seen anything this preseason that's made me come away from that prediction that at some point this year, Jamal Williams will be getting reps with the first-team offense here in Green Bay. I mean, it seems like every year you'll bring in running backs, regardless of the team. And oftentimes, rookie running backs cannot get on the field because they can't protect the passer. Because mm-hmm. at their university, they're just asked, okay, you know, give me the ball 25 times, and I'm just going to run between the tackles or maybe catch some passes. You're not – a lot of colleges don't utilize a pro-style offense where they're asking their running back to protect the passer. Jamal Williams, on the other hand, has shown that from the very first padded practice. I remember watching a drill with the running backs, and one of their other rookies, Devontae Mays, just got absolutely trucked, like run right over, ran right through, rather, by Morgan Burnett, longtime safety here in Green Bay. And, I mean, Morgan Burnett's a good player. No shame in getting beat if you're a rookie, but... Devontae Mays gets run over by the safety, and then on Burnett's very next rep, it just so happened that number 30, Jamal Williams, was coming up, and it was almost like Williams was making Burnett dance. Like, wherever he wanted to go, a perfect pocket creator. Like, he had to run a big circle around the coach who was acting like the quarterback. And it just goes to show you, like, that's one rookie who certainly has not shown that he's ready to play a pro-style offense, especially next to Aaron Rodgers and then one running back who is ready to do that, and that's Jamal Williams. Now, Aaron Rodgers has been very complimentary of Jamal, and we talked about the numbers, you know, seven carries, 12 yards, not eye-popping by any means. But he keeps calling him a really smart guy and saying that he's going to be a big part of what we do moving forward. Do you think Aaron Rodgers likes the idea of a true running back, Jamal Williams, back there better than, let's say, the hybrid Ty Montgomery? No, I wouldn't go as far as to say is that he'd, prefer to have the traditional style running back like Jamal over Ty. I think they're still very excited about Ty. I think there's, you know, maybe some reason to be concerned seeing as he just missed the second preseason game and he's had issues. He meaning Ty Montgomery has had issues with getting nicked up and missing plays here or there or missing games. So there's, there's some reason to be concerned. I do still think that if this were the regular season and Montgomery's ready to go, He's a clear-cut starter. I think that would be the case right now. But the longer he's out, I mean, let's face it, we're a couple weeks away from the season starting, and for the last week or so, Jamal Williams has been getting the reps as the first-team running back. So one thing's for sure, though, if you're going to play next to Aaron Rodgers, the coaching staff has to be comfortable with you protecting Aaron Rodgers. Usually that's tough for a rookie. doesn't seem like it with Jamal Williams. And I know Reno Mahe brought that up to us when we had him on right after the draft. He's like, Not only how good he is as a pass protector, but Jamal's attitude towards pass protection, like going through drills and practice and just getting fired up about it and making it like a competition, taking it seriously. You heard almost the same comments verbatim from Packers offensive coordinator Edgar Bennett last week when he was talking about Jamal. So I'm not sure that I would say 
Aaron would prefer to have a traditional running back like Jamal Williams over Ty Montgomery because they still like Montgomery. But I'll tell you what else Rodgers like. He likes staying upright and not getting <laughs> yeah. hit. And if Jamal Williams can do that, I mean, like guys, we've seen John Kuhn, a fullback, Aaron Ripkowski, a fullback, getting reps next to Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun. Neither one of those guys is a home run hitter by any means as a running back. But as long as they can be in the right place when they're supposed to be there, pick up the blitz, and keep Aaron Rodgers clean, they're going to see the field. Story time, and then I'll ask uh, the last question here. When Jamal Williams was a freshman, uh, the guy in front of him, Michael Elisa, broke his arm in about game four, and Jamal emerged at that point. Then later in the season, BYU played a team who ended up finishing in the top 25 with an NFL quarterback, San Jose State, David Fales. BYU's down late in that game. Jamal Williams attempted to block a blitzer, missed him, and BYU's quarterback, Riley Nelson, fumbled. BYU lost that game. I think since that moment, Jamal Williams became a good pass protector. Final question here. What would Colby Mm -hmm. Pearson have to do to make the team at this point? You know, this one, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He would need like a minor miracle. I mean, he's missed time in training camp, and right now the Packers are deeper than deep, that receiver. I mean, there's talk about potentially keeping as many as seven receivers, and there's guys at the bottom of the roster even, like this undrafted guy, he's 6'6", Michael Clark has been making all kinds of plays in practice. I think they like his raw ability. And obviously he's six six. You get down to Geronimo Allison, who made the team last year. I mean, I could go through all the names, but right now Colby Pearson is definitely at the bottom of that list. I think the Packers are going to be a team that, you know, come cutdown day, and there's no more 75-man cutdown. So when they go from 90 to 53, there are going to be a lot of teams around the league that are watching to see which receivers the Packers let go of because they're so deep, and they've got guys – buried on their depth chart right now, a receiver that could help other NFL teams, you know, potentially even this season. So I think Colby Pearson, it's probably not going to work at least right now here in Green Bay. Great stuff, Marcus. We appreciate the insight. Uh, 107.5, the fan in Green Bay. Check it out if you're uh, up in the area, and I'm sure some BYU fans will be making their way up to the Green Bay area, given what has happened. <laughs> Always nice to talk to you, Marcus. Thanks. Thanks, guys. On the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I'm telling you, from that 2012 San Jose State game where Jamal doesn't quite pick up a guy and then Riley Nelson fumbles because he gets blindsided, I think Jamal Williams worked on that. And now that's an asset where, okay, we can have you in on third and long and be an option here. Then we're a little more unpredictable. Now, the one thing I did notice is while the 12 yards weren't high, he never loses yards right. in college or in the NFL. Yeah, they were nice runs. They were nice. Tw- that was a solid 12 yards. It makes a, it makes a difference. <laughs> All right. We're talking Eclipse next. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. It is a huge week of coverage on Brigham Young University Television, starting with a live women's soccer game tonight. Yeah, 8th-ranked BYU against the Ohio State, 7.30 Eastern, tonight on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. I mean, just look at the lineup this week alone. Soccer. Loaded. The Super Tuesday lineup. Or as my dad would say, Super Tuesday. Countdown to kickoff. <laughs> Debuts in the 2017 season. Let's go. We're here. Let's sports. We are here. 
In what areas? Let me get my specially custom-made Eclipse blue goggles on for this. In what areas will 2017 BYU football eclipse the 2016 season? Eclipse? (laughs) (laughs) No. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. These actually might work in protecting my eyes from the sun. At Ben underscore M underscore Johnson. While total takeaways will probably drop, this offense will eclipse last year's in terms of capitalizing on those takeaways. Okay, so more points per game? Yeah, and what what was the points per takeaway last year? That's an interesting stat, right? Blaine Fowler says points if you can takeaway. average Oh, we talked about yeah, this early in the if season. If you can average yeah. 3 points per takeaway, that's yeah. pretty good. Like can BYU average more points per takeaway than they did last year? Right. Now I'm Jerem's on the stat hunt. He's on the stat hunt. We talked turnovers. What was it? What, what was it? At Jams ETS08, BYU finally eclipses the Utah drought. The offense will be more productive in pass yardage, receptions, and touchdowns, and there will be double-digit wins. That all sounds really good to me. It looks clear through what I am wearing right now. Yeah, which is redonkulous. <laughs> now, honestly, it's very hard to read with these glasses on. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the latest and greatest in the Cougar Whip Round. Which bowl game did SB Nation predict for BYU football this season? It's another bowl game projection, Jerem. Come on, man. Come on. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, BYU freshman tight end Matt Bushman and Marcus Eversall, Packers insider from 107.5 The Fan in Green Bay. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. An in-depth update on all three of those Green Bay Packers from BYU last year. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler between the lines, Gregor Bell, Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick will join us as well. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Ball week for BYU football. The Cougars practice this morning. They'll hold a live press conference via the BYU Football Facebook page coming up at 1.45 Eastern Time. SB Nation's Jason Kirk projects BYU to play in the heart of Dallas Bowl. Yay! Against Texas San Antonio. Yeehaw! The Roadrunners. And SB Nation's Alex Kirshner ranks BYU upsetting LSU the third most plausible upset of week one. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill, 6 for 11, passing for 49 yards, had six rushes for 38 yards, including that memorable 23-yard game-winning touchdown run to put the Packers ahead late 21-17 in Saturday's game. Well, Williams, seven carries, 12 yards in that game as well. Harvey Longy led the Patriots with four tackles and a 27-23 loss to the Houston Texans in preseason play. Kyle Van Noy recorded one solo tackle. Michael Davis for the Chargers. He had one tackle against the Saints on Sunday night. Kainakua and the Browns play tonight, 8 Eastern, against the New York football giants. Soccer. Eighth-ranked BYU lost to Penn State 3-1 in the season opener Friday. Freshman Cameron Tucker scored the lone goal for the Cougars. BYU plays the Ohio State tonight, 7.30 Eastern. It's the debut of live games on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Volleyball. Ben Patch had nine kills, a block, and an ace as a starter for the USA volleyball team in a five-set loss to Brazil this weekend in Chicago. Women's volleyball held its blue and white scrimmage Saturday. They, The blue won two and the white won two. So we have no resolution to that. <laughs> Baseball. Keaton Kringlin and the St. Cloud Rocks defeated the Battle Creek Bombers Saturday. Kringlin won for four in that victory. The St. Cloud Rocks with Kringlin 
and BYU teammate Daniel Schneeman and another BYU teammate, Kenny Sands, won the Northwoods League Championship. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver won three two runs for the Tri-City Valley Cats in a 13-10 win over the Brooklyn Cyclones. Jacob Hanneman won for four for the AAA Iowa Cubs in a 9-1 win over the Nashville Sounders. Sounds. 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 And the Nashville Sounds placed Jacob Bregman on the DL. He got hurt. Brennan Lund went one for five with a run for the Mobile Bay Bears in a 9-3 win, double-A baseball, over the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Taysom Hill. That 23-yard run was something that was very fun for every BYU fan to enjoy. It captivated the Packers audience and the BYU audience. And as we learned from Marcus Eversall, Brady Papinga says, as passionate as BYU football fans are, they're not as passionate as Packers fans. And Taysom Hill has become the sweetheart of Packers fandom. Oh, what a sweetheart. It's interesting, isn't it? I just don't see any way they let him get away now. Like he, Stay healthy, that's my thing. With he Taysom. has a job somewhere now. Like yeah. If they decide to cut him and hope he signs for the practice squad, it's not going to happen. He'll get picked up by he's, somebody else. He's a baller. He's, an, he's a great athlete, even if he does turn 27 this week. In what areas will the 2017 BYU football team eclipse the 2016 season? At Kip Kint, passing yards, total offense, touchdowns, and most importantly, wins, which will be at least 11, including the bull victory. Wow. Our elite tweet of the day, at NickLee51. <laughs> BYU will finally beat Utah, and the shadow will move to Salt Lake in totality for the remainder nice. of Kalani Satake's tenure. Delete. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com as well. Also, don't forget, the link opens up in two minutes on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show for tweets, or seats, rather, to the show. Get your seats. Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Danny Mahana. We're back at it tomorrow at New Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio Talk about good